You are listening to the Bondzilla Podcast. The Bondzilla Podcast is a bi-monthly analysis of two of cinema's longest-running franchises, James Bond and Godzilla. This week, Godzilla finds himself stuck in an island and fighting a giant lobster? Yes, it's 1966's Ebira, the Horror of the Deep. James Bond. Howdy, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Bondzilla Podcast. I'm Nick. I'm Will. And uh, yeah, we're uh, here for another Godzilla episode yes, this week. I'm excited, as always. Um, so we are going to be talking about the 1966 Godzilla film, seventh film, the Godzilla canon, Abira. Horror of the Deep. Horror. Horror. Horror of the of Deep. The deep. Um, alternate title, Godzilla versus the Sea Monster. Ooh. Movie t- makes, maybe makes a little bit more sense as a title. Um, yeah, no, because it, it, it's funny because the, so the Blu-ray that uh, I bought for this, uh, the original title is A Beer Horror of the Deep, but uh, the, the Blu-ray that I got for this is part of a series of, I guess, Godzilla uh, restorations. I, I, I think they are. I mean, given... The quality of this Blu-ray, I'm assuming there is some restoration uh, done to it. But it's kind of like, you know, I I like when my DVDs and my Blu-rays have a similar layout to them. It makes the actual... uh, um, collection of them, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like when, like yeah. the uh, they have the same layout on the case and everything. Uh, but the layout on the case was funny because it does say it has both titles on it. Mm-hmm. Like at the top in the cool font, it says Godzilla uh, versus the Sea Monster, and then just in regular font, it says A Beer of Horror of the Deep. So you know, at the same time, it's cool that they are celebrating both both sides of bo- it. Yeah. Bo- both sides of it. Uh, yes, and as uh, in this film is um, directed by. Not, Not the Hugh Show. Yeah. <laughs> we are uh, seeing uh, of the film done by Jun Fukuda. Ooh. Or Jun Fukuda. It's one of those two. Yeah. I'm sure. Mr. Fukuda. Mr. Fukuda. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Fukuda. He wanted to make a Godzilla franchise. Yeah. Film. Yeah. Film. Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't, doesn't work as Doesn't well quite as work as much Mr. as Mr. Mr. Guy Hamilton. <laughs> um. So, yeah. So, getting into the seventh. Let, let me. This. this this one will will be a little bit light on, on production, production and, 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 okay. and post. So, like uh, at this point, you had mentioned a little bit during King Kong versus Godzilla. Like, where are you at with the Godzilla franchise now? You you are now introducing yourself to this as we're doing this podcast. You're watching yeah. all these movies. Going into this movie, like where where are you at with it? Um, well, I'm still very much enjoying these, but like this is the period now where we're getting into kind of the extension of the franchise, right? Because around King Kong versus Godzilla and Godzilla versus Mothra, that was still kind of the formulations of the beginnings mm-hmm. of the franchise and and how it would kind of continue. Now we're in kind of where we are. It's the same thing, kind of where we are in the Bond franchise. Now we've gotten that formula established. Now we have you know, what we kind of know about the films and what's most interesting is how they're going to keep it fresh or if they keep it fresh Mm -hmm. as it goes forward. Because I'm still being very entertained with the films. I think, um, I mean, you know, I I wasn't a huge fan of Astro Monster, but I still kind of am interested in at least how the Godzilla franchise um, can really play with the different genres and settings and places and people. Mm -hmm. Um, 
it really kind of, like I said before, that how you can like, it's that malleability. You can kind of make a Godzilla movie fit to like whatever sort of story you want, and you just have to put Godzilla in there. Well, it's like that old joke that we had you and me, where it's like, oh, it's like a romantic comedy, mm-hmm. uh, but in like the last thirty minutes, it's like Godzilla shows up, and it's like you could legitimately the way these films are going, yeah, like you could legitimately make that because you can basically do whatever you want with these movies and it just feels like oh i have a movie i have an idea for you know these guys stuck on an island uh, let's put godzilla in it sometimes it just it does feel like that and it's cool uh but it's just like that's what's most interesting about going forward um well funny that you mentioned that about how you can plug godzilla into any movie because that leads into the production and development of this movie that abira the horror of the deep was originally not a godzilla movie it was actually intended to be a King Kong Toho movie uh, under the um, under the uh, working title of Operation Robinson Crusoe. <laughs> well, I mean that actually makes a lot of sense. Like, not that they would, not that it would be Skull Island, but I mean, you know, it, you could just have the same story of these people find themselves on island. But yeah. basic spoilers for the movie, but it's, they it's find a, themselves it's a on desert a, island. Yeah, story. It's like a yeah. desert island story. So you could essentially just put Godzilla. Uh, put King Kong where Godzilla is, and it's right. just like, I mean, it's not so different than Kong Skull Island, really, when you think about it. Right. Um, and so originally, so keep that in mind that this was originally supposed to be a King Kong picture. Yeah, a mo- uh, motion Toho. picture. Yeah, a motion picture. Get those King Kong rights. Uh, but unfortunately, they could not get the King Kong rights mm. uh, that they were um, at the time held by uh, Rankin and Bass, and they just were unable uh, to get the rights to it. So no, no Godzilla movie. I mean, King Kong movie. Yeah, this is, this is a Godzilla movie. Will yeah, I mean, just you know, we are doing the Bonzilla podcast, right not now. uh Kong 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 Bon, uh, Kong Bon podcast. The the Kong side of things would be really short. Could, could we? Oh man, that would be a mouthful. Kong Bon podcast. Kong Bon Bon Kong Bon, bon Kong Bon Kong. Bon Kong. <laughs> go, see um, a, go see a Kong. Yeah. Uh, so. Originally, everything was designed in terms of being a King Kong movie. It was to take place on a de- desert, deserted island. Uh, there are some plot elements of revolving around Godzilla and Godzilla's behavior that we'll get into a little bit later that uh, were originally meant to be applied to King Kong, which shows that really, at the end of the day, they took the same basic story and script and just injected King Kong, uh, King Kong in there. Yes. Um, in terms of, and I'll get to this right now, but other than King Kong, uh, other than Godzilla, who was introduced in the movie, and King Kong, who was supposed to be in the movie, we'll get to the other monsters in a minute, but we also see the return of Mothra. Mothra, yes. Um, who and finally, was, finally back in her moth state for right, this movie. The Imago Mothra, Ooh. as it were. Oh, uh, not, not larva, Imago. No. Yes, not the larva. Um, not that hot dog larva. But from everything I've seen and everything I've researched about the movie, it looks like Mothra was always meant to be in this movie, mm. which means that we almost got a King Kong Mothra showdown, <laughs> which would have been something that happened. Yes. <laughs> well, I mean, it would be interesting just because, again, it would establish Kong as a major player in this kind of kaiju verse that yeah. they've established. You know, obviously, we have a, a bunch of the monsters, and, and King Kong obviously does kind of exist already as we saw in that movie but it basically it, it, would, it would establish kong as the major player and i assume that had they gotten these rights and made this movie that they would probably want to do more 
uh, Kong related stuff, and it, perhaps we could have actually gotten the King Kong versus Godzilla rematch. Well, it's it's actually interesting because um, they Toho did manage to make one King Kong movie, I believe, um, and that was um, uh, the one that involved Mechanic King Kong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, hold on, King Kong Escapes. Uh, and that was uh, that was actually uh, made the year after this in 1967. So they did get it for something, yeah. But maybe you know delayed. Can um, you imagine if we ended up getting King Mecha King Kong versus Mecha Godzilla, mm-hmm. like Mechanic King Kong? Mechanic Kong, yeah. Should it be called right? So we said Mechanic Kong. I, I I always said it should have been Mecha Mech Me- King Kong. <laughs> One of the, yeah. I like Mech King Kong. <laughs> Yeah, so we could we could have gotten Mech- Mechanic King Kong whatever yeah. versus Mechagodzilla. Yeah, could have would have been great, but we didn't, Nick. No. So you're gonna have to live with that, or go to an alternate universe, step yeah. through a portal. Yeah, you've, sure. you've been watching way too much Rick and Morty. <laughs> can't you can't can't do portals. That would be my like, my set one thoughts uh, <laughs> rant. I gotta see I gotta see a robot King Kong and a robot Godzilla fight, Morty. That's what this has all been about, Morty. <laughs> Changing the reality, Morty. <laughs> That's what you do when you get all the Infinity Stones. <laughs> Giving Toho the King Kong rights. That's what it's all about. Um, I, I don't know, Rick. I think we got Rick. I don't know. I don't. I, I. I think. I think you know history. You know, played the way it was supposed to. Rick. No, Morty. <laughs> I mean, I, I think. The, I think the, the, the Godzilla franchise is fine as it is. Rick. I don't. I don't think we need to add more more crossovers. <laughs> that's 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 small thinking, Morty. You got to think big. <laughs> um. So anyway, so so that being said, so we we got Godzilla into this into this picture, and pretty much things were not changed that much other yeah. than putting Godzilla in the movie. Um, it's okay. kind of kind of a uh, find and replace King Kong versus for Godzilla. So uh, let's talk about um, the director. A All right, let's bit. talk June, about June let's Fukuda. talk about this. Um, so this would be Jun Fukuda's uh, first entry into the Godzilla franchise, and would from here on out become a uh, new reoccurring director for the Godzilla franchise, um, returning for several more movies after this. Uh, initially, his experiences his experience was in uh, mystery uh, films. Okay. Um, and, oops, excuse me, uh, was in mystery, but he slowly moved more into the comedy realm in the mid-1960s. Um, and uh, given his work on this movie and many others, it made him Toho's uh, go-to um, for a special effects-driven movies um, because um, Ishira Honda was no longer in the limelight. Mm-hmm. Um, so... That that was always interesting to me that, you know, kind of going into the, the the comedic sides of the story, given what we some of the elements that we see in this movie, and then also going forward into you know just the Godzilla franchise in general, you know, because obviously at this point Toho is willing, not willing, but way more into approaching Godzilla with comedic sensibilities more so than ever. So it's like, let's bring a guy who's kind of a comedy director. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it makes sense, one, for the direction that the franchise has already gone. I mean, we've seen, you know, within, uh, especially Astro Monster, and uh, to an extent that the, the uh, previous two films, even since King Kong versus Godzilla, that this, the comedic sensibilities of the franchise has just continued to grow. And I think it's just, it really does feel a lot of times that, like, it's interesting to kind of view just from watching just the movies and hearing about these production stories, just kind of viewing Toho as a production studio. Mm -hmm. Because on the one hand, it just feels like they just 
enjoy making these movies mm-hmm. and they have fun making these movies and they just want to make these movies mm-hmm. fun, you know, uh, just because I don't know if you can really like capture at least in this, in, in the period that we are with the films mm-hmm. capture that same sort of heaviness and emotion that's in that first Godzilla movie. Right, right, right. So almost it feels like now it's like, well, we have these giant monsters. Let's, have fun with it. Kind of like, it's almost like the Guy Hamilton model of what Guy Hamilton brings to Bond. He's like, mm-hmm. we got to have fun with this because it's silly inherently. And I feel like that's almost what Toho kind of brings. It's like, yeah, and that, that kind of production. It's like, well, this is, this is big. This is fun. This is stupid in some senses. Let's, let's make it big and fun. And the production of this definitely leads into how, what cinema was like in the 1960s, which I'll get to in a minute. But uh, just to finish off about uh, Fukuda, um, one of Akuda's biggest contributions to this film was the request that they not use Akira Ifakube, who was doing the uh, who was the composer for the previous Godzilla films, uh, composer of the uh, you know the infamous theme, which you know I'm not I, I haven't been listening for, but I feel like has been absent. For no, a it while. hasn't been yeah. there since like really the first couple, um, if any at all. I mean, it's it's these movies. I mean, I've talked about it before. These movies have a varied, very varied style of soundtracks even between even when you know well speaking of the soundtrack yeah uh he uh, decided not to go with ifakube but went with another composer masuro sato um who fukuda was more familiar with um sato was a uh, composer who in his 44 years with toho wrote more than 300 film scores and is noted for being very distinct from ifakube channeling more western styles and this will make sense especially jazz um, also, a real fun note about Sato is um, what also made him distinct from Ifakube because one of the things about Ifakube as a composer is that everything that he composed, he wanted to make sure was also suitable for stage orchestration. Whereas Sato was specifically like, now nah, just make it so it works as a soundtrack on film. Hmm. Um, which is interesting. Yeah, it's, very, it's, yeah. it's fairly, fairly. I mean, I, I don't know the composer world, so I don't know if there's a, uh, a schism between. Doing let's, that. Let's call. Let's call Michael Giacchino. Yeah. See, see if we can get him on the line uh, um, to to answer those questions. Um. So after. So obviously we've talked about the director uh, in a lot of Godzilla movies, but the other role, the major role that often comes up, is the uh, special effects director, mm-hmm. who we've always said is uh, kind of handles all the special effects. It's kind of like comes down to the main director and the special effects director. Um, E.G. Subaraya, who was the primary you know, special effects guy for Godzilla movies, uh, no longer working on this Godzilla movie because he was off making uh, his own or heading his own production company. Um, so we, uh, the effects in this movie were done by, you know, here we go, here's a name, Sadamasa Arakawa. Arakawa. Got that one. Um, who was uh, working on this movie under the guidance of uh, Tsuburaya. Now, the issue with bringing on uh, Arakawa was that Toho had said with this movie, this movie was to take place on an island for the specific reason of they wanted to save on, you know, costs and when it comes to special effects mm-hmm. so right because you don't you know you won't have major cities right so i was thinking about that i'm like well what does it mean see in my mind when i first was doing research i'm like wait a minute wouldn't it cost more to like go out to an island but i don't think they actually <laughs> went, no, I'm assuming went that, to I'm, an island i'm assuming this is a lot of yeah uh, sets exactly yeah. um as i think we've seen because as we go through the movie 
like things that take place on different islands. Uh, you know, they, <laughs> same, they, like they, they kind of looks like the same, same place. location. Actually, fun. Also, fun fact: this is the first Godzilla movie to primarily take place on a uh, uncharted island as its main setting. Does uh, it happen often? Huh? Well, just so far. Okay. It, this is the first one we've seen thus far in the okay. franchise. Because usually they all take place in a city right. or uh, Japan. Like, uh, in, in Japan, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So they wanted to save on ja- on, on cost for the uh, for the effects, which frustrated Arakawa, uh, who felt taken advantage of. Because he felt that this would never happen under Tsuburaya. That Tsuburaya would be able to, you know, we're going to use the cities and basically... Subaraya had the clout that like, they weren't going to push like, him around. If, if Subaraya wanted to destroy a real city, Subaraya could have gotten <laughs> He would have done it. Yeah, if you go, it's like, hey, I just want to destroy Tokyo. It's like, yeah, okay, we'll just, let's just uh, take down some buildings. It's fine. Arakawa also felt taken advantage of because uh, previously his work was primarily television. Um, and because of that, he felt that that was uh, Toho's impetus to be like, we'll push him to do this movie on the cheap because he's a TV guy. Right. Which is funny thinking about like we've often talked about in America, the difference between past TV and how it's treated mm-hmm. in terms of movies versus now, right? Where yeah, it's like you can definitely like hop in around. Similar era mm-hmm. to to where where we are, like approaching the seventies. It's like that's a big deal in American. Well, uh, speaking of like you know cinema. this this like cinema being made at this time, I, I was looking up like what was japanese cinema like, it, like during yeah, it, it, during like the popular so, what was being made yeah. so now we're in the 1960s yeah. and it seemed that this was the peak of just churning out movies like this was the most movies that were made and it's interesting because this is also like in the middle of like the japanese new wave of cinema in which you know a lot of directors wanted to like you know break down conventions and do um you know for lack of a better term experimental filmmaking Mm -hmm. so with that there are some cases of directors being fired off of you know movies uh under the mantra that movies that don't make money or movies that don't make sense don't make money get out Mm -hmm. (laughs) so there was a little bit of that i mean you know the classic auteur versus the studio which i think we've seen thus far with the last couple godzilla movies that you know Honda's coming into these movies and is kind of like, you know, just doing whatever the studio wants, even though him as the director doesn't like it. Everything seems very like this is the the direction we're going. And I mean, so I mean, this movie, it's, it's really like an age old drama within the film industry. It's always interesting because it just seems like it's an issue all around the world, not just in Japan, but also in America and also in Europe. It's just that kind of. The money-making side and the studio side and the art side and just how cinema and film is simultaneously mm-hmm. both. Well, it, it, it's also interesting because there was a rise definitely in also documentary films at this time. Because I think the goal was they either want to make movies on the cheap leading to kind of what we're talking about with um, Abira mm-hmm. that you know they wanted to do all the special effects on the cheap. And then the documentary films because I think that they wanted to make every the st- at least on the studio side, wanted to make all the movies as accessible as possible. Mm-hmm. They they have no time, Nick, for your you know your contemplative, experimental, surrealist Heavy bullshit. And, <laughs> you know, like, yeah, they don't have time. They don't have time for your nonsense. The emotional and like, what does it all mean? The nihilist elements of, yeah. of life and everything sucks. Will <laughs> why can't we have a giant monster just destroy things and have a good time no we gotta make sure it's all in here um a lot of these uh 
at this time, a lot of their movies were double billed. One of the movies would be a program picture, which would be your classic B movie. And your program picture allegedly would take an average of about four weeks to shoot. (laughs) But I mean, you know, I think that we have seen that. And I think that honestly, the longevity of this franchise thus far, as we'll see, has been a lot of let's let's churn these out, do them on the cheap and they're entertaining enough people know exactly what they are we'll make another one put it out make another one put it out and i think we've seen that uh happen and we've seen the frustrations from many directors saying like oh the i think in astro monster we talked about the budgetary cuts with like recycling shots in this movie we've seen the the issues with um uh you know filming on the island and the effects direct or filming on an island setting and the effects director being um you know, stifled by that. Um, so that was also interesting. But another thing that was also interesting is going into American cinema, which is like the 1960s, that that was the rise of a couple different things. But in the genre filmmaking, uh, a lot of the more elements that we would label as whimsical have, have started to, um, you know, become popular. Right. I mean, now we're in the era where James Bond movies are popular mm-hmm. um, to uh, to Japan's. And so, you know, things like gadgets and, you know, silly monsters are now on the rise now. Right. So definitely the whole notion of what we would call now camp is mm-hmm. way more, um, which, we, and I think it was in Ghidra or Ghidorah, we had said that, you know, that was starting to butt its head a little bit, the notion that these movies were camp. Um, and throughout the 60s, that was like a big, big deal. Um, and I think we're seeing that that's starting to bleed over. Yeah. Uh, into this. We're, like, time, if we're matching timeline with the Bond franchise, you know, Thunderball would have just come out and they would have been making, you know, and probably promoting already uh, You Only Live Twice mm-hmm. um, for, you know, that would be especially huge you know, for a Japanese audience since the movie does take place in Japan. So yeah. it does make sense for that sort of side where it's like those movies are getting bigger and sillier and gadget wise heavier. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it kind of, you know, makes sense, especially considering uh, other American films that might have been ported over to at the time. And then we'll even talk about like the, you know, the Western, uh, not the Western, the, the music done in this movie when we talk about the movie. But obviously, you know, there's some influences mm-hmm. there with some popular things going on in America at the time. Um, all right. So as we close out going into the movie, I think it's time to talk about the the movie's namesake. Yeah. And that is Abira, the horror of the deep. The horror of the deep. Now, to call Abira a giant lobster would be 100% accurate. Extremely <laughs> accurate. Legitimately <laughs> just a giant lobster. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, it's it's kind of funny like when you think about Abira, like he is just a giant lobster. There's, yeah, there's that, not that, much that's what he say. is. I mean, he has like a little like Roar, click thing. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. I do have the roar. Uh, oh. should, should we? Should we play? Let's play, we play it the as roar? we do. Okay. Usually. Now, all right. I have to warn you and the audiences that this one is a little bit uh, piercing. <laughs> this roar. All right. Are we ready? Yeah. It sounds horrifying when you just listen to the just the track. <laughs> It but then when you play it alongside a giant lobster, <laughs> I mean, I mean, probably even more terrifying. Kind of. <laughs> like if you if you looked outside and then you saw like one of those little weird lobster eyes and then you just heard. I, 
I think I would just kill myself. <laughs> if that happened. I wouldn't go that far. I would. Uh, <laughs> like, oh my god. <laughs> I just jump right into his mouth. Um, so yeah, so uh, Abira, um, the name uh, Abira originally comes from the Japanese word ebi, meaning shrimp. Uh, ra- it's not a shrimp, it's a robster. Well, it's a robster? Rock lobster. It's a ro- <laughs> um, it was funny because when I was doing the research, everything I searched up was like, the original name was based off the Japanese word for shrimp, even though Abira looks like a lobster. <laughs> like, it's like, okay, all right, okay, I get it. Um, and, um uh, and again, this was a monster that was originally designed to fight King Kong, which I don't know if that leads into like the actual design of the uh, of the of the of the monster himself. But I guess there is like giant monkey, giant lobster. Well, Let's I mean, make it a giant I mean, monster, uh, giant did animal. Fight a giant octopus last time. That's true. So I think I think King Kong just has something against giant versions of uh, sea monsters that you might eat. To be fair, I wonder if there was a level of, well, let's put let's pit King Kong against something out of his element. So like maybe something a little bit more water-based. You're like, out of your element, Kong. <laughs> <laughs> um in the German release of this movie, um because we don't other than he's just kind of like a monster slash guardian of this island, whatever he yeah. just he just surrounds this uncharted island. He's just he's just kind of there. Yeah. In the German release, there was an origin for him that he was possibly created by Doctor Frankenstein. <laughs> I love how in Toho's I just like version the- of Frankenstein, like he's just creating all these giant monsters. <laughs> yeah, I just like that he failed to create. You know, new life out of something that was dead, right? And that was the whole thing. And then the next thing is like, I'm just going to make a giant lobster man. Right, yeah. Well, remember, and also in this continuity, we have a Toho Frankenstein. Yes, yes, we do. Yeah, so I he's just that. making giant monsters. Well, I'm just, I'm just saying, because even the, you've talked to me like it's like a, the, the Toho Frankenstein is like a giant, like swamp thing esque. Yeah monster and that mm-hmm. at least makes sense like oh maybe you are trying to make something grotesque and weird yeah, but this why is, is like, it so big <laughs> but this one is just like it just feels like he got like the like the the growth ray yeah from like one of those cartoons he put some pin particles on it right. and, they grew. and he's like i'm just gonna make this lobster grow yeah. <laughs> like he's like he's rita repulsa from power <laughs> <Make Rage>. <laughs> <laughs> excellent um, and the last thing that I'll mention is that Final. we do we do have a giant we do have another giant monster in here, and that is the giant condor, aka the giant eagle. <laughs> this thing, man, <laughs> okay. just comes out of nowhere. I will say this thing has a cool Japanese name, and that is Ukandoru. <laughs> That is cool. Um, Okay. Uh, But this one actually does have a cool um, creation history a little bit. So... Uh, once again, it was a it was a monster originally designed to fight King Kong. Uh, its roar is going to be reused for another upcoming kaiju, which I won't spoil, spoil right okay. here. Okay. Uh, it is one of the. Oh, now let's say that thing for last. Uh, the bird was achieved by heavily altering a Rodan puppet, which makes sense. Yeah. So I guess we should describe it. I mean, well, it. 
once again, it's a giant bird. Yeah. Um, but it was a heavily altered Rodan puppet. Uh, it was the same puppet used in Ghidra and Astro Monster. Uh, apparently, this was a puppet that was handed off to multiple productions and altered accordingly several times to fit whatever the movie needed. Um, so that's the origin of the giant condor. Uh, but it should also be noted as we get into the movie that it is the it is one of the shortest battles, monster battles in Godzilla history. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Um, all right. Well, uh, I mean, so that that that's pretty much it. You know, the the Toho train is is rolling, and uh, you know, it's time to churn out another Godzilla movie. Um, and they will do so under any means necessary, whether it means like, all right, well, can you imagine if they were making movies like that here, like right now? Mm. Like, I mean, I guess like there, there are cases of that with like Die Hard was supposed to be a, wasn't like Die Hard supposed to be like another movie? Oh yeah, no, the, yeah. the Die Hard 2. Yeah. Well, there's both because Die Hard, the first Die Hard, this is getting into our, our sequel podcast, Die Hard. Yeah. Uh, uh, the first Die Hard was supposed to be a sequel to the Arnold Schwarzenegger movie Commando, right? Because it's basically the two f- books that it's based on are actual sequels. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Die Hard Two was just another movie, right? No, no, no. I, I yeah. just meant like you know the yeah. the whole taking the script and making it. Oh yeah, something yeah. else. But it's still even like with a franchise. Like, can you imagine like, well, we can't make a Bond movie. Like, we can't get the Bond rights. Make it a Jack Reacher movie. <laughs> make it a Jack Ryan movie. So nobody will care. There's another movie that I'm thinking of that I'm not going to mention because I can't remember it. But there's another movie where that happened. Fascinating. Where, where was the script? Um, <laughs> no, it's on the tip of my tongue. Essentially, you're just like, I remember that happened with another movie. Can't remember what it was. No, because it's, it's right on the tip of my tongue of just like it was supposed to be this, but it wasn't. And then it made it this instead. I don't well, know. Maybe, maybe. Star Wars was like that. And people say like Indiana Jones was kind of like that, too. Not to this degree, but yeah. In terms of spiritually, like spiritually, no. They wanted there's... to make a Bond movie. He wanted to make a Flash Gordon movie, and they they made other movies. But this is like literally like just taking the plot and like ah, we'll just put another franchise right. character like said, in it's there. Like Control F, yeah. yeah exactly. Find 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 King Kong and and turn it into mm-hmm. Godzilla. That's gonna bother me now. It's yeah. gonna be like three episodes down the line. I'll remember it. I'll be like, hey, remember that one time I said this? It was because I meant this. Well, why don't we take that time while you're thinking about that and talk about a beer horror of the deep let's let's go horror of the deep he came to the island two months ago that's my brother i'm sure of it you must take me there at once i can't no one escapes from this island ebira would destroy us all ebira ah the giant lobster and we're back for some bonzilla for some horrifying deepness yeah uh with a in there yeah somewhere somewhere um, so Nick, going into this movie, mm-hmm. we talked about a little bit about how I'm revisiting some of these movies because I right. have technically seen all these movies, but I don't know why, like, I have a fuzzy memory of some of them. I think it was because when I was watching it, it was right as college was about to end, and I went out of my way to watch each one of these every single day. You you did 30 films in 30 yeah. days. So yeah. maybe I, I, I was just... You know, delirious. <laughs> At some point, you're just like, "Yeah, I gotta get this paper in." But hey, yeah, pretty much. Gotta get a Godzilla movie. I mean, I mean, it's it's actually very similar. I mean, I think that's it is one of the joys of this podcast. So I had watched all these movies, and you and I had pointed this out to you, and you had confirmed this to me that Abira, Horror of the Deep, Godzilla versus the Sea Monster, was f- f- 
fairly low on my list. Yeah. I would go to say it was maybe top, bottom five. Right? Yeah. Like, something, so something it, it was say, not. Yeah. It was not favorable. But I think maybe revisiting. I don't know, man. I I absolutely had a blast. This is with a very movie. entertaining movie. It really like, is. Just in terms of pure <laughs> enjoyment of watch. Mm-hmm. This is a very entertaining movie. I would even go as far to say like so far it has been one of the more solid entries uh in terms of your right pure entertainment and story that we've seen in a in a in a, in a little while. Mm-hmm. In a little while where I think we have Said that you know Astro Monster, there's you know there it doesn't quite juggle things as well. Ghidra a little bit better. I mean, I, think, I, mean, I like Ghidra a lot. Like, that's yeah, one of so one of my favorites that we. I seen. like Ghidra a lot too, but I think that if I'm going to be fair, I think this is probably one of the more solid in terms of things operating efficiently on on all on all cylinders. Yeah. Yes, I mean, well, there's there's specific. Yeah, things to, dis- to debate and discuss with this one, but I just think in terms of it's just a, a entertaining package, it's mm-hmm. just like a fun time watching a giant monster movie. This yeah. is this is as good as you can get. Um, so yeah, so I mean, so talking about the movie, the the crux of the movie is that a uh, guy's brother is missing. Um, that they that he was on a boat that has been lost mm-hmm. uh and he suspects that he's uh on a, out a, there a psychic believes that. yes a psychic believes he's like out at sea somewhere yeah. so him and his friends uh get a boat with a uh were they his friends <laughs> no i think they are co-workers i'm not i mean i do not know what their relationship yeah. was all i know i'm gonna say they were friends all i know is that two of the he the guy goes up and and two of the guys we're at a dance competition. Yeah, so this movie opens up with not only that information, but also by saying, like, there's a dance competition going on that's been going on for three days, and the prize was either money or was it a boat? It was a boat. Like, he <laughs> would have... a if, boat. If, the boat, yeah. He would have... <laughs> if the dance competition has I been going on... I love how it was specifically a boat. Like, it's like that scene in... I don't know if you've ever seen the Stallone over-the-top movie, mm-hmm. where it's like, if he wins the... Because uh, he's a trucker in that movie, and if he wins the uh, arm wrestling competition, the prize is a truck. <laughs> like, it's like, you could not be more specific <laughs> to this guy's needs. But, so anyway, so they go to this dancing competition, which Nick and I were very perturbed by because we th- thought he was cheating because the dance competition's like it's been three days in the dance competition like while this like 60s like kind of like party music is going on and this guy just shows up and then i asked did he find out about the dance competition and then we skipped ahead three days or is it the third day in the dance competition and he just joined in to which i'm like you can't do that can yeah, I, you my, my worry was that yeah. he was gonna like he was gonna like one of the dancers was gonna pass out and then, like, he was going to take the, like, number on him because they all like, had, like, numbers like racers do. Right. And he was going to, like, jump in and, and, and start dancing as if he were in the competition. But that's not what happens. Basically, he's, like, he goes up to these guys who might be his friends. I'm not sure. <laughs> uh, and he's, like, I need the boat. And they're, like, well, you're kind of three days late to enter the competition. But if you need a boat, we, we, can, get, we can find a boat. Yeah. Just, like, he's, like. They find a boat fairly easily. Like, they're. I mean, it, all you need, I mean, to be fair. They just go to a dock, and, I, I and, and if you were gonna find boats anywhere, it would be at a dock. There's a lot of fat in the beginning of this movie, but it moves past it enough where it doesn't feel tedious. Because when I think about it, like why not just 
skip all that and just go like, oh, I know a guy with a boat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, why the, why the right. dance? Even though you and I do think that the dance competition fits a little bit more thematically. Thematically, yeah. <laughs> in the movie. So they go get this boat and um, they I guess they commandeer this boat, right? Yes. And they or, com- or well, or no, they get it from somebody else. No, no, no. So they basically the the two friends or the two guys that he joins basically are like, "We'll we'll get you a boat," but they don't tell him that they don't own the boat or anything mm-hmm. like that. It's just it's just they're going. You want a boat? A, I'll get you a boat I by three o'clock. Yeah. Uh, and then they go inside the boat, and it turns out there's this guy in there with yeah. a shotgun. Yeah. And I'm gonna go a little bit early on our 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 running you know segment. Yeah. But this is what. Harrison Ford. Har- Harrison Ford would play. <laughs> yes. The guy on the boat with the shotgun. Yes. And he, he's like, what are you doing in my boat? No, dude, that's not the line. The line is, get off my boat. <laughs> get off my boat. <laughs> um, so, so, yeah. So, they do that. So, they commandeer a boat. And uh, they also find out that, a, that there is also another person on the boat that they're commandeering. Um, to which it is hinted and pretty much confirmed that this guy is a burglar <laughs> mm-hmm. and that he had just stolen a bunch of money from a bank. And um, it was funny because this guy was like, at one point, he's like, do I look like a burglar? And then I had joked that like, it would be funny if in his like closet in the background, you could see like a striped like, you know, burglar shirt like you see on the hamburglar. Mm-hmm. But it was funny that later on in the movie, he's wearing that type of shirt. Yes, like he's wearing a he jacket exactly. over it, but he's wearing a black and white striped shirt (laughs) but anyway so they're going into the so they're on the boat they travel a little bit they're approaching an island and then that is when we are introduced to abira the horror of the deep (laughs) and this scene there's a lot in this movie about like this is what's great about monster movies um and no i'm not talking about like the groovy surf music that plays throughout the, the it the Ibira's theme. I'm gonna say this. I've said this to you in this movie. Ibira's theme is essentially just the Wonder Woman theme from <laughs> like you could just. It's the same sort of thing where it's just it's just a guitar yeah. and it makes doesn't really feel it, it, the rest like of the music. It's like a slight cross between the James Bond theme, like the guitar riff, and the Wonder Woman theme, where it's like, and like I kept on joking, like it's like, you know, kind of like, you know, party surf music, where it's like, yo, dude, I'm a giant lobster, man. Pass me the butter. Like, just shit like that. It's it's so funny. And it's, it's so, and it's one of these things where when I originally heard it, I thought it was like maybe like, is this like an American thing that they're adding in? But then like going through the research of this movie, uh, and Sato's score on this, it, it looked like this is exactly what they wanted. That you know, instead of being like the deep orchestral uh, classic score that they wanted, like the Western yeah. jazz yeah. sensibilities mm-hmm. to it. It, it, it was it was crazy. But yeah, that, this, this, the theme of this movie, like the main kind of like action theme, is, yeah. is very jaunty. I've yeah. said this a couple times, but it's it it feels very. Like it feels very like Indiana Jones is mm-hmm. actually like a lot, very John Williams esque in terms of just kind of when they're like running around the island and it's this like kind of big action theme that's kind of playing and it's like all this stuff's happening they're running around people are shooting at them it it feels very much like kind of an, an action adventure movie right with that with, and like with that kind of Western sensibility of the absolutely uh, the thing so let's talk about that we're, we're introduced to a Bira yes yeah um, what'd you think. 
I mean, to, to describe the scene, it's like it's a very well shot scene where it the boat's in the water yes. and there's a giant storm going out and this giant lobster just comes out of the ocean. I, I will say, yeah, I will say the effects of that first scene yeah. are are really good. Yeah. And like, there's actually like a real there's some really cool shots of like the boat and like a beer behind them and and all that all that cool stuff. I think this is also but, one of the best movies. That scene is one of the best examples of scale of monsters yeah. we've seen. Uh, at least I think. Yeah. I mean, it, at least one that looks like actually legit. I'll give it the credit that like it looks great yeah. and like that it does they do use the special effects of it really well. Uh-huh. But it is still just a giant lobster. <laughs> And it's just to an extent, it's just like kind of what I can say about it. Like you're, you know, it's just I, I I will say that that especially when you also have a movie with Mothra, who's very well designed and and, and quickly becoming one of my favorite right. designs kai, of kaiju wise, and and just kind of coming off Ghidorah, uh, who whose design is really cool, and Rodan, who has that kind of like I said that Nintendo sixty four rare character feel right. to him. It just it just feels like Ibira is just kind of regular mm. you know it's just kind of it's like uh it's just a, a giant thing it's yeah. a giant lobster i don't know man i i i that first appearance of a beer i i thought a beer was I think terrifying that, I, think, I thought he's a giant lobster i think the first appearance was the best part of a if he was like a giant any other sea animal like if he was like a giant jellyfish i mean it wouldn't work yeah exactly but now he's a giant lobster. Yeah, you, you need a carapace. I mean, the one like, but the, like his one design flourishes. His like eyes are just like bugging out because like. he's a lobster. Haven't you ever seen the movie The Lobster? I actually did not see the movie The yeah. Lobster. There's 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 no lobsters in it. <laughs> Definitely not Abira. The horror, horror of the deep. deep. <laughs> um. So anyway, so Abira attacks the boat and. Everybody washes up ashore after the, um, you know, after the boat gets destroyed. Uh, leading into one of my favorite scenes that doesn't get paid off is they're starting to explore the island and they're climbing this hill and the guy like finds a sword and then starts panicking and his first words are cannibals. What? <laughs> yeah. Um, Why? Oh, he saw a sword. I know, but why would so you? For, think- what is, hey, he's on an island. He might be a little racist. But, I'm but not sure. That he must be because here's the thing. There, but there are no cannibals on the island. No. In fact, I would go as far as to say there are no native people on this island. No, but they do find though. But why do they find a sword? Where did the sword come from? Maybe there were natives and they got yeah. all killed by. Yeah, it. maybe I didn't so, make that. I did. So have that they thought. go off to the other side of the island. Yeah. And there's like a dock. Yes. And I'm like, this is one of our, my favorite shared moments with you watching these movies. So there's a dock there, and I'm like, hey, there's a dock. Is there people on this island? Right. It seemed like it was pretty uncharted. Then you just get this shot of this guy, like in a military. Well, a boat comes up. A boat comes up. And then these guys come out to meet the boat. Bro. And then yeah. there's, there's one guy who's like in a military esque uniform with not like an eye patch, but like just a th- Thing over his eye. Well, he's, it's an eye patch with like a design on yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. It's not like, but it's like it doesn't. It's not like a traditional eye. It's like like kind of. It's kind of three D. Yeah. And I, and I'm just like, oh, these guys seem like bad news. Yeah, yeah. Bad news. <laughs> Both you and I simultaneously were like, oh, it's the bad guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the 
So they're like the what they're the red bamboo. Yes. Okay. So they're a company. I guess they're like a like a company with they're, like I mean, they're they're making nukes. Yeah. I mean, it's like they're, <laughs> of course, of they're, course they you are. Know what? Like essentially, they're Spectre. Yeah. Like essentially, that's what they're seeing. They're like. Spectre. They're Hydra. They're, they're just like basically any, yeah any bag. They're yeah. Cobra. I mean, whatever, whatever Skeletor ran. <laughs> I'm sure he had a company. He had stock in something, I'm sure. But anyway, so they're so they are revealed that they are importing essentially slaves, yes. na- slaves from another native island, which we eventually find out is Infant Island, yes. Mothra's Island. Um, but at one point in this in this movie, um, they bring the boat up. And the bad guys are talking about like, oh, like take take the slaves here, and then it cuts to it's like, wait a minute, they're getting away, and like there's like, like no, a big yeah, group of slaves. Like, I shouldn't call them slaves. There's a big group of natives just running away, and I'm I'm like, how? They were standing right there no, next guys, to them. These guys are just talking like like basically about like business, like how, you know we got these. You know things coming in. You know blah blah blah, and then like literally he just like turns like they just ran like nobody was holding them back. Nobody was. The, just, the guys were just talking. Yeah, you know, it wasn't like they were distracted. They were just like, "Oh, hey, you know, we're, we got this. Uh, the nukes are coming in. They're doing it very well. You know, we got these plants and that we're grinding down into anti-Abira mm-hmm. juice." Well, yeah. So that's what they were doing. So other than that, they were using the island as basically a area to build nukes, a nuke factory. Yeah, they were using the. Uh, they were they also were growing using- nukes. <laughs> They were using um, the natives to basically make this yellow juice that repelled Abira so they could get off and on the island. But but this is another thing I did like about the movie was that they, they do put thought in it and set up like the stakes in terms of why you can't get off the island. That a couple of natives get in a boat and they try to uh, get off of the island and then, and then Abira comes up yeah. and just destroys them. And at one point Abira kebabs two natives. Like he destroys their boat, skewers two natives, and then eats them. Mm-hmm. He kebabs them. He kebabs. <laughs> Jerry, he kebabbed them. He, he kebabbed. <laughs> the giant lobster picked them up, Jerry, and he kebabbed them. You can't kebab. He kebabbed. <laughs> no, I was, I was literally, I'm joking right now, but it was like I was seriously thrown off by that. Um, so. Yeah, so they're um, so this is also when they're the group our group of guys is joined by the chick of the movie, which um, I have nothing else to say other than she's the chick of the movie, mm-hmm. <laughs> who's like one of the she's natives fine. from. Yeah, she's kind of more of like a exposition yeah. thing, like oh, we're from Infant I, Island. It, to an extent, it's really like most of the characters in this movie. Yes, yeah, like like the thief guy. Like, there's this whole thing where, like, oh, he, you know, he stole the money and, like, he had the briefcase. But see, I would argue that he was set up as, like, oh, he's a thief. He can break into anything. Well, the, he's, but, like, the slipknot for Kate, for uh, <laughs> for for thieving. Uh, and, Except he stays alive. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, but they, they do at least do the work of, like, all right, he's a thief. He can break into anything and they use that in the movie. Yeah, but uh, but also say that, like, it's that's basically what his role is. And, yeah. like, you, a lot of these things, like, you think there is going to be, like, a, a deeper human element to it mm-hmm. like oh like the thief's looking for redemption or, or like the oh no <laughs> or, or like the guy like looking for his brother what are you looking for i'm looking for the, the Ghidorah stuff there uh, was oh man i wasn't movie. looking for any of that <laughs> well, no, but what i'm saying is like i think like it's not that it's bad yeah but no, I, I get feel, what you mean i, I yeah, feel yeah, like yeah. you know that's just like when you say like she's just kind of 
it just, a lot of the people are just like that. You right. know, it's like the, well, she, the one guy who's kind of crazy and is a little bit of the comic relief, and it's the one you know, the brother, the guy is like looking for his brother, but like there's nothing more to him than that. She just kind of stood out to me because she like just joined later on. Yeah, they also chast. They also made some sexist comments to her too, or like the movie's just kind of sexist toward her because while they're in like this facility and they're like in this like weapons hall, like they're um, uh, you know. Everybody's like going about their business trying to like get through the mission and like she picks up some wire and puts it around her neck like it's jewelry and mm-hmm. then the guy's like, We're not shopping here. <laughs> like I'm like, Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, but I just I just felt that with like the characters in the movie. You yeah. Know? It's not fair. again, it's not like a bad thing. It's still like they still function, they still work, uh, and they're still like entertaining. Uh, but it just feels like uh, just in comparison to some of the other human elements we've had before, uh, when it really works in the franchise, these were just more more tropey mm-hmm. uh, than before. Um, I want to talk about especially just 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 the real quick like the the prison guy is basically a Deus ex machina of like breaking into things. Like he's like breaking into like the when they're like sure like, yeah, yeah I, but I, I buy that no, though no, you buy I, that yeah. though. Yeah, I mean I like, it. it's just like it's just funny to think about these. It's like he's breaking into like all the safes at like this nuke facility and it's yeah. like yeah i mean you broke into a bank but like mm-hmm. is it gonna be the same exact security that well i made that comment where it's like uh he broke into a bank i'm sure it's not like the same lock on like a nuclear facility yeah because um, he, oh, he also i mean this is getting a little head but i just like that scene too because he's oh he opens the safe and it's like wait this is a nuclear reactor it just immediately <laughs> closes like what else were you expecting to find in there gold well, I do love that they he knew what a nuclear reactor was. I wouldn't have been able to know. But He's just like, oh, this glowing thing. But I it's guess. also like, why were they going in there? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I guess were they looking for a new sky? I don't know. Yeah. Um, so we haven't talked about Godzilla yet, but I want to save all that for it. There, there's there's a couple of things I want to mention. They go into that uh, nuclear facility, and then eventually they have to run away and escape. Mm-hmm. And then it like proceeds into this very weird chase slash shootout, yeah. in which at one point, you and I thought like one of them just got riddled with bullets. Yeah, the no, way it's edited, the way is, it's edited like, yeah. is really weird. Also, this is the beginning of the editing that makes it look like it's a 60s Batman yeah. show. Well, okay, so that's the biggest thing I want to mention, because at one point, like this is how you know it's the 60s, and I could not... I could not pinpoint this anywhere, but there's definitely 60s American TV in this. Yeah. Like, because you're right, it looks like Batman. Everything's, like, shot on Dutch angles. The way, by the way, this movie actually, I don't know if it's the restoration, but it looked pretty good no, compared yeah, it, to. It was a pretty look, good looking movie. Uh, but, like, the way the colors were, the way that the action was filmed, right, like the looked like the, a 60s Batman. Yeah, it's like the pipes are all colorful. Yeah. We were just, you know, we were, we were imagining the, you know, Adam West could have been Batman. Yeah. What if Adam West was the guy looking for his brother. But yeah, but the best part about this is at one point the guy who's looking for his brother gets his foot caught on a balloon of some kind. <laughs> yes, like one of those yes. balloons that like elevate like the nuke or whatever. Yeah. But he gets caught on that and then he flies away. <laughs> and not only does he flies away, he flies all the way to Infant <laughs> yes. Island where his brother is. <laughs> Because the natives on Infant he Island flies all the way to another island. The, but 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 here's the thing. So well, we go to Infant Island, where the natives are still doing nothing but praising Mothra. Right. But this continued job that they have. But we said like, is this supposed to be like? Also, a parallel to the dancing competition going on earlier in the yeah. movie. Like, is the dancing competition going on all over the world to reawake Mothra? It's a secret. <laughs> like, Infant Island sent out these dance competitions, and then you find out the brother is is, is on that island. Well, yeah, because well. the the girl is like, yeah, yeah, like the the, the girl from Infant Island is probably like, was there my brother there? And she's like, yeah, actually, he was. Yeah, 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess he did show up to show up. Because you think like, oh, like he's actually surviving he's somewhere on this island. But mm-hmm. no, he's actually on a different island. They crashed on the wrong island. Um, and then we're also introduced to your favorite, again, the fairies. Who are... Uh, not the same. Casting. Not the same. Yeah, they were I mean, another... you know, it's, it's a little disappointing, but... I'm still a huge fan of these characters. It's another... And they better show up in the next Godzilla movie here in America. If you're listening, who's making that movie again? Huh? Who's making King of the Monsters? Uh, Krampus guy. Krampus guy. Krampus dude. If you're listening to this podcast, if you're on your break and you have shot the movie and the, m- the fairies weren't in it, reshoot. You know, that's the thing in Hollywood these days. Just you reshoot. Just reshoot. <laughs> you gotta get... Hey, you can find... I don't know. Find some... Who can, who can play the fairies? Uh... You know, who who kind of looks similar? <laughs> the Mara sisters. <laughs> yes, Rooney Mara and Kate Mara as your fairies. Do it. No, just make it just just make it Arby Hammer again. <laughs> Do the, the Winklevoss twins and he's the fairies. Oh, I would kinda like that. That'd be cool. Um Is it whitewashing? Yeah, but it's also Army Hammer. Like that's ridiculous. Uh th- no, yeah. they're played this time by another pop duo called Pear Bambi, which um, you know, they 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 did a good job. Pear, but what I thought was Pear interesting- Bambi's their 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 mothers got killed in the forest and now they're they're pairing together. What I, what I thought was interesting in this was like so it, this kind of highlights like a very loose continuity between these movies because Mothra and the fairies. By the way, Mothra's barely in this movie. <laughs> like it was really funny. We watched the trailer after this, and this and the trailer was very much like Abira, Godzilla, and Mothra. Mm. And it's like Mothra's barely in the movie. Like Mothra's really only in the third act of the movie. Yeah, but I the thing is like I think I've really grown to like about Mothra is just it's she has such a presence of like when she appears, mm. it's a big deal. Like like to an extent, like, yeah, it's like, you know, Godzilla, it's like the movie, but like Mothra is like, it's this very spiritual nature of the character. And so when she awakens to save the day, it feels like this is a big moment with mm-hmm. her. And I think she brings such an aura of, you know, of, uh, of a spirituality and a presence to any movie that she appears in mm-hmm. that I think it just, as of now, well, you adds. get another Mothra song too, and that yeah. like leads into like the 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 tone. I think like I just think like, about the, like the more I see of Mothra in action, mm-hmm. the more I love the design. Yeah, I the design it. is better. I was critical about the last time we saw adult Mothra, but yeah. this is a little I bit like more. I like the love the design. I love just the way she moves. She's quickly the, the whole thing around Mothra with the fairies. Like as much as I joke about it, like it's actually becoming like one of my favorite like elements of the Godzilla canon and franchise. Um, And it's... Well, it it makes what... I I mean, to a certain degree, it's kind of like why we like things like like the Marvel Comics universe or just Mm -hmm. comics universe because it does say... It adds multiple layers of fiction to like this right. world because where Godzilla is the nuclear monster and we've seen aliens yeah. Mothra is the spiritual um because yeah. I didn't I didn't animal. know Mothra was in this film mm-hmm. and, and so when Mothra and they talk about oh infant island I'm like well Mothra is gonna be here mm-hmm. and, and they did that familiarity is is what's great I and I do think it's interesting how like I said like there is like this loose continuity between because it's not like they get a big introduction it's just like oh here Mothra and the fairies again and I was just thinking like if you had seen none of the other movies and there's just these tiny little people you're like wait what Mm -hmm. (laughs) but yeah i mean you know i think that you know i mean also i guess there's really no worry about losing an audience when you pump these out (laughs) 
like when one comes out a year. I mean, these are like <laughs> like last year. Didn't it like two come out in a year? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you're just like making these movies and people are seeing them. And also, like if they're primarily like for children too. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like children follow shit like that a little bit more. Um. Anyway, so going back to the island, I think it's finally time to talk about Godzilla. Let's talk about. Uh. It. So they go into this cave and. They're they're in this cave for a while, and then eventually they turn around and they just see Godzilla passed out on the ground like he's hungover. Mm -hmm. To which you and I were like, how did they not see him? (laughs) Like earlier. Like they were in that cave for like a long time. And they see him. So he's passed out, and eventually the Red Bamboo guys are chasing after them. So they get the idea of using the cannibal sword that they found earlier. And basically pulling a Back to the Future, not one point twenty one gigawatts. Also using that necklace the girl found yeah, earlier. Yeah, using the wire and to basically conduct a, a a bolt of lightning into Godzilla to reawaken him. Right. And when that was coming up, I'm like, oh my god, I forgot how Which, absurd. It's funny because that also makes a lot of sense when considering. That this was a Kong movie. Yes, exactly. Because mm-hmm. Kong, if we remember from King Kong versus Godzilla, it's powered up by electricity. Inexplicably, is powered by electricity. Yep. And it still kind of makes sense because like Godzilla is weak to electricity, but I also feel like if he like felt its presence, that he would be like, "What's going on?" Right. Yeah. But also, yeah. So it's like, yeah, because Godzilla has been sleeping in this cave for who knows how long at right. this point, and he's kind of probably hung over. Uh, and then that was another thing. Like uh, a lot of people have pointed out that like well Godzilla being a monster of the sea um you know it's kind of a little bit odd that he's just like kind of like chilling act ch- chillaxing in this mountain um even though like in Mothra versus Godzilla he was literally underneath the ground <laughs> yeah <laughs> um so yeah so Godzilla goes on a rampage and uh eventually fights uh Abira the the, the sea monster <laughs> What 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 do we what do we think about this fight? Uh, it was good. It was good. I they mean, they throw it's, rocks at each other. They do. <laughs> I mean, we've seen that before. I just love how that's his go-to move is throwing rocks. Yeah. I did that, that fight does get better like when it's more like fisticuffs. Yeah, yeah. It's, it, it's, it's, it's the beginning because it was like one of the things. Oh, it's cool to see like the volleyball thing again. But like we we have seen that before mm-hmm. with these movies. Once it kind of got into the the one-on-one fight, it was a little bit more interesting, but also. To an extent, did feel like that. Some at some points, it was another kind of Godzilla just started dominating the fight, mm-hmm. which is which is cool. I like I like Godzilla being like the the, the, the real king of the monsters. Well, the the biggest uh, element to this fight was that it was all done in the water, mm-hmm. which was another which was to me like a cool element they did. They actually achieved that um, by. Um, filming and this was including the underwater sequences so at one point in the fight they actually go underwater to fight and i thought like that was like achieved via like camera effects and like there's no way they shot underwater um the um then the underwater sequences they were filmed uh in in, in uh in like a sound stage in like a giant tank and they basically shot through the glass in an aquarium um and uh haru nakajima who was the super former um, for Godzilla, uh, who passed away uh, this uh, this year. I don't yes. know if we've ever mentioned that on the show. Um, he wore a wetsuit under the Godzilla suit. Um, he said the experience was very uh, strenuous, took lots of overtime, uh, and it was very cold, but he never got sick. 
<laughs> so it's just yeah i was just watching that i'm like there's no way that they're actually underwater and then i looked up and i'm like oh oh shit they're they're under they're underwater but yeah yeah i like that i i did like that fight i just thought maybe the water element of it made it um made it a little bit different um yeah i mean i guess so i mean it wasn't it didn't it didn't stand out as much as some of the other fights that we've seen so far, particularly the Kong versus Godzilla fights and and the uh, the finale of uh, Ghidorah. I thought like were like well, two of the standout fights. It doesn't stand. Uh, it doesn't hold a candle to him fighting a giant bird. <laughs> that scene is <laughs> absurd. It, it is amazing because <laughs> so, so at God- one point Godzilla like after that fight he's on land. And, and he's just kind of like trying to chill around, and so yeah. he's like approaching the girl, uh, and the girl's like really scared, mm-hmm. and they're like, "We gotta save her," and Godzilla's not really doing anything. It's just he's well, just like that was at, another. I mean, so, I mean, again, yeah. now that you mentioned you that go. it was yep. King Kong, that makes a lot more sense. So he sees the woman, and then he's like, "Oh man, what a nice lady!" And like, kind of like maybe protects her, maybe doesn't want her to leave or whatever. Like, right. kind of like guards her, or which is of a like, King Kong like thing. A curious, like yeah. kind of kid, like, "Ooh, who's this?" Yeah. And then a bird just <laughs> hits him in the head. And I'm like thinking, like at first I'm thinking, like it's just it's Rodan in this movie too, but it's not no, Rodan. It's, it's just a, a bird. It's a giant bird. And and Godzilla's like, "What? What? Wait! Get out of my way! Get out of my way!" I'm, <laughs> See, I don't know, man. I, I, I like no, no, because the other thing—that's the other thing. Because again, with kind of this stuff, like, because Godzilla's actually like falling asleep, and they're mm-hmm. like, "Oh, we're gonna save this girl." Like he's like falling asleep, kind of like he didn't, you know, King Kong would have in the in King Kong versus Godzilla. Yeah, he's kind yeah, of yeah. Asleep. And then the bird comes out, and they're like, "Oh no, we're gonna not be able to save the girl." And then Godzilla just fights the bird. Well, I away. thought that that was actually kind of like a little smart thing they did in the movie that when there was danger. I mean, like I thought like. In a again, in a very monster movie campy way, they did the whole like, oh, we need gods, we need Godzilla to do something. Mm-hmm. So it's like when the bird is coming and like, oh man, the bird's gonna like wreck shop. They're like, ah, oh, Godzilla, Godzilla, and then Godzilla wakes up. It's like, oh shit, it's a giant bird. <laughs> but the giant bird, the fight is so kinetic and so hectic because it's just like this guy in a suit and like a like an operated bird puppet just pecking at Godzilla. And then it's funny, yeah. And, but then it's like, and then Godzilla uses his atomic breath and it like lights the bird on fire. And I can't describe it without, you just have to visually see it. The way this bird flops around on fire, like he's literally fried chicken at this point. And he's just like, Aah! and then like just flies into the ocean, which is like, you could not have gotten that it, without feel, with you know, King Kong. Yeah. Like it's the atomic breath that and the thing makes is too, it amazing. The thing is too, is like, you feel like when it, like the shot of the ocean, you feel like there's going to be like a random explosion. That, that's the way <laughs> that's that, what I thought. That's, that's the way that this scene's going. It, it is absurd. And it's followed up with the red bamboo sending jets to fight Godzilla, which, again, I found thoroughly entertaining. Not only because it's pretty well shot in terms of, like, you know, the planes coming by, Godzilla's, like, destroying one plane after another. But it's, once again, like, the Adam Westy Batman, like, jazz music going on where it's like... Ding, 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 It's like, this is amazing. It's wonderful. I don't know. You you heard me when we were watching it. Yeah. I'm like, this is this is excellent. Um, also in that fight, Godzilla. This is getting back into comedy, but he does like the pointing to the nose, uh, yeah. like little thing. Which uh, I I was looking that up. Apparently, that's a that's a homage to um a um a music uh, artist uh, slash actor Yuzo Ka, uh, Yuzo Kayama. 
um, who was kind of known for being in a lot of like you know uh, comedies and musicals yeah, in Japan. Like, hey, and the, that w- yeah, the nose knows. Yeah, and that and that was kind of like his little pointing to the nose was a uh, character he played was like a trait of his. Um, so yeah, so the jet attack. Um, then we learned that you said ram- Red Bamboo is making a nuclear bomb because of course they are. It, it, it always is. Yeah. Um, and then like the movie kind of. Peter's out like you think it would. It uh, Godzilla does a lot of random destruction, um, but this time it's just at the facility. Yeah, because part of it. Oh, is- so I guess we should mention that there's one last Abira yeah. Godzilla fight, yeah. which is definitely at this point I'm convinced is a 60s Batman fight because it's cutting back and forth and the music is all like like you're right it's all jaunty and jazzy and like Godzilla looks like he's kind of like doing like a little dance it's another dance competition and, and <laughs> they're having a dance competition and it's like a it's like the Dutch angles and everything that fight is awesome though because they're fighting each other and it ends with Godzilla yeah. tearing off a beer's that fight is arms. a lot better and and yeah so he turns off the beer's arms I was hoping he'd bring out some butter and so yeah, just start eating some lobster. But I made yeah. the joke that because after that scene, you see Mothra fly over, and I just thought it'd be funny if he took like the arm and just speared. Well, because part of, part of what's going on too is that so Godzilla is like they're trying to save everybody. It's kind of like the two plot lines. Like Godzilla's just kind of destructing as like the human crew is trying to kind of save the natives and yeah. and and kind of save the day. And then the, one of the scientists is just like, if you come any closer, I will. Let off all the nukes or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then Godzilla destroys the building, kills the guy, and he's like, you have two hours to get off the island. Oh, did they have two hours? Was well, that no, because that's what happened. Because the guy says two hours, and then like the next scene, it's like, we only have 30 minutes left. <laughs> and then the next scene after that, it's like, oh my god, it's the final countdown. Yeah. Because like, the thing is, they're trying to reach, and the button keeps going down. I, and, see, then, I, and then Mothra comes at the very last minute. Yeah, see, I thought like all this stuff... Oh, wait, no, we forgot part of the... Go ahead. I was going to say, I just thought all this stuff in, like, the third act with, like, juggling between the monster action, the monster destruction, and the whole, like, the bomb's about to go off and we got to get off the island, and then uh, following up with, like, the villains on the boat and they get attacked by Abira. Yeah. I, I thought all that was very entertaining. No, it, 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 no it's very entertaining. Yeah. It is, it is. But, so Mothra comes, but before when... So, basically, when the other guy landed with the balloon on Infant Island... Yeah. You know, we got to remember the fairies as they were leaving. It's like, what do we need to do to save everybody? And the fairy, oh, yeah, the, yeah, the yeah, yeah, are like, yeah. You need to build a giant net. Right. Giant net. So they build the giant net on the island very mm-hmm. quickly, mind you. Yeah. Like the, the, they, they get the natives escape. Then Mothra finally Mind you, up. they had two hours to do it, but they didn't really start building it until the guy was like, we have 30 minutes. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so finally, like at the last minute, like the bomb is probably like five minutes away and Mothra finally wakes up. And again, just a great moment. Flies to the island, and they're like, hey, everybody get on the net. Yeah. But, I should for Tay 2, Godzilla actually does attack yeah. Mothra. Yeah, I mean, again, Mothra is not in this movie that much. But again, even that little bout between them was like, I just think everything is, it's funny that this movie, like, I guess it, like, the only time I felt like they were really cheap with the movie was when they're cutting between Infant Island and the island that we're on mm-hmm. looks like the same set. Yeah. But in terms of like the special effects with like the monster work and the monsters fighting each other, I actually thought it looked pretty good. Oh, you know, I, I thought it would look great. I yeah. thought the Godzilla suit was pretty cool. Sometimes like the face looked a little bit weird. Oh, yeah. The face on these Godzilla masks will never be great until like 
the seventies. Yeah. Like it, 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 or well, I think like it's because 80s. like they have the thing where the, like the eyes move as it like as it moves side <laughs> to side. These weird glassy eyes. But but the thing is like I think mouth. like sometimes because the eyes like maybe move like maybe they're like kind of like weight based. Yeah. But, like sometimes when it's like straight on shots, it just looks like like the eyes are like in the wrong positions. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, so Mothra protects the humans by like literally just tackling Godzilla and avoiding his uh, atomic yeah. beams. It's pretty cool. Uh, so yeah, Mothra picks up the uh, people the in the net and, and like, flies away. It really gives you the scale of Mothra because mm-hmm. that net is like really small. Yeah, it's not big at all. Yeah, it also means like there weren't that many people on that island. No. I guess. Uh, so Mothra flies away, and the bomb is gonna go off, and like this is when everybody's like. Because apparently all these movies want to put in the beat that everybody hates Godzilla until the end of the movie. And then they're like, poor Godzilla. Yeah. And like the bomb is going to about to go off. And everybody's like, Godzilla, get off the island. No. And Godzilla's just like, what? <laughs> like, just looking like we, we talked about like a little bit when we were watching the movie. How like it's like basically kind of a lazy and hungover Godzilla. But I think this was another that this used to be King Kong. Because yeah. I was thinking like. Either Godzilla is just dumb and doesn't know what's going on, which is fine. He's an animal, so I get that. Yeah. But it's like he could just jump in the water. Mm-hmm. Like he's Godzilla. He can swim. He's he's pretty much known for it. Yeah. So it's like there's yeah. No there's st- probably another element of, of there's Godzilla, no stakes of Godzilla and King Kong. Yeah. Kind of switching roles. There, there's no stakes to him jumping in the water. Mm-hmm. Like if it was King Kong, I kind of get right. that. But also his little jump off of the island into the water it's is really funny. Like, Cannonball. And then uh, so we get to the end of the movie where the characters <laughs> yes. Are like have our lesson of what have we learned is like, yep. Well, the island's destroyed, and, and the one guy's like, but uh, nuclear weaponry is not, and it just depends <laughs> on the next person that makes nukes. It and came it, out of nowhere. It's like, what are you talking about? Like, no it would have made a lot more sense if, like, if it was like, and what we've learned today is how important dance competitions are to the existence <laughs> of humanity. But no, it's just, like it's literally like, because the nuke thing is like legitimately just like. A thing to be worried about. Yeah. Right. It's it's not like a major. It's, it's not a thematic thing. It's not like a major thing. It's, it's just only like, justification is so that there's a bomb at some point yeah, in the movie. Like and you know as a, you know, <laughs> some days you just can't get rid of a bomb. But today you got rid yeah. of a bomb. That explosion of the island was awesome though. Yeah, the explosion was really yeah, cool. that was really cool. Um, but yeah, you're right. Like the the, the nuclear bomb could have been drugs. It could have been <laughs> like. Money laundering. I like. I don't know. It like, could like, have been legit- anything. Legitimately, it was like anything that like put stakes on the movie. Yeah, like, like, it, like it was not like a theme. It was. These just were like, not characters who before they were all worried about getting their brother. It had nothing to do with nukes. So when this one idiot's just like, but mankind will always keep making nuclear weapons. I'm like, what are you talking about? What's wrong with you? Um, and then Godzilla lives. <laughs> <laughs> lives to like, fight another day. Godzilla lives to fight another day. Oh man! Um, what did you think of a beer of the sea monster? I liked it a lot. Like yeah. I, I was really entertained. It didn't. I didn't hit the heights. I mean, it's probably like four right now in my rankings. Like I still like Ghidorah better. I still like King Kong better. And I still like the original Gojira better. But this was very entertaining and like a really good time. And just you know, if even if these films are inconsistent, where it's like, oh, they're like entertaining like this, or they're kind of more slogs like Invasion of Astro Monster was, it's going to be a very fun series to continue to get into because I am really enjoying. Yeah, you know, I'm still kind of getting in love with kind of just the nature and the kaiju nature of these films. Yeah, uh, I I will say I thoroughly enjoyed it, uh, way more than I thought I was going to. Um, I had expressed. Um that with Astro Monster, that we are definitely getting into formula with Godzilla. And we, there's definitely a little bit of formula here, but 
I thought that it's executed in a. This is one of the movies I would put in. And it's like, oh, you want to watch a silly B horror yeah. or silly B monster movie? Yeah, like this oh, would no, this, be this one is, of the ones. This is one I of the ones show. I would say. Yeah, if you're just gonna like, yeah. you want to sit down, just kind of just watch something wholly entertaining. Yeah. And just have a great time. Mm. This is a good choice. Yeah. And so the aftermath of the movie, the post-release. Um. Once again, uh, like like with every Godzilla movie, moderate, good, decent, good success. Again, they make these movies on the cheap, so they get the audience to come out for them. And mm-hmm. uh, Godzilla, much like Godzilla in the movie, the franchise will live to fight another day. Yeah. Um. As with all these movies, uh, no specific reviews, but a general reaction to the movie is that it's it's generally mixed in the fan base. Um, specifically, uh, people like that it's a new take on the story with the whole island and everything. Um, and also a lot of people did like at least how they, uh, went about the human action. Uh, yeah. yeah. Like I said, the human characters were fine for me, but the action wise and with the music and, and kind of the way it all moves together, kind of the efficiency of it, as you, as you mentioned, I think is great. Uh, and people, like I said, have criticized the lack of monster screen time and the fact that Godzilla does seem a little bit out of place in this movie, but that's because it used to be King Kong. (laughs) Um, so yeah, not too much else to say other than that. Um, I will say this will be the final appearance of adult Mothra in the Showa series that we're not going to see adult Mothra for some time, which actually like when I read that, I'm like, oh yeah, I guess so. Like. And I thought that was very interesting. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of movies we're going to get through before before we see her again. Well, um, I'll be excited for her return. But as for Abira, the horror of the deep, this will be the only major appearance of him. Uh, he will show up and uh, he'll, uh, he'll make an appearance, I think, here or there. Uh, most of the times he was set to make an appearance in movies uh, going from here on out. He was lost in rewrites. Uh, but he is one of the monsters uh, that does still make regular appearance in video games and comics. You know what would be really cool? Because he lost his hands if he came back with metal hands. Yes! <laughs> 100%. I'm totally down for that. Um, so, yeah, so that is Abira. Horror, Horror of, the of the Deep. Nothing right. else. Nothing else to, right, to so say. So, we'll, where will we be next time here on the Godzilla side of things? Uh, we will be next time looking at Son of Godzilla. <laughs> uh, and that is one I am very much looking forward to you seeing. Okay. Yeah, definitely. Uh, uh, but next time is not a Godzilla episode. It's a Bond episode. Yes. What are we? What are we talking We're about? We're going to be time? talking about the first Roger Moore film. Live and Let Die, and I've already started to kind of re, re-up my research on it, and I don't know if you're ready for what's <laughs> going to come in this movie. Cool. All right. Um, so I think that's good for today. So where can we find the podcast? Find the podcast number of places. Facebook.com slash Bonzilla007. Twitter.com slash Bonzilla007. You can like and subscribe, iTunes and SoundCloud. And don't forget to email us. If you want to email us at bonzillapod at gmail.com. Yeah. And where can we find you? Oh, you can find me personally on Twitter yeah. at Disney and Beyond. Yeah. And you can find me at WFC Studios and my YouTube channel, Random Thought Bubble. Okay. All right. That's it. We're, we're done. You're Will. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. I'm Will. <laughs> and I'm Nick. And I finally remembered the other script. Well, what's the other? Well, it's actually three different Disney afternoons. Is that shows. what you've been doing? You've been spending your time looking I up was bothering me. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. Pay attention. Yeah. Well, what is it? Oh, Tailspin was originally a DuckTales spinoff with Launchpad McQuack, and then they made gotcha. it blue. Also, Bonkers was originally a Roger Rabbit spinoff, and, uh, and uh, Chip and Joe Rescue Racers was originally a Rescuer sequel. 
pay attention to the episode next time. I was. I was listening. <laughs> All right, everybody. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs>